Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at a little five-game slate here on Tuesday night, Nate. In this one, we are taking a look at the Flying Pelicans, best team in the league the last 10 since Zion came back, taking on the Utah Jazz in Utah. Also have another game video up for you and our player props, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where we have all of our great written content this year and our odds finder tool that you can use to make sure you're getting the best juice back on all of those bets you make in the NBA. Nate, let's get into this little slate here and then talk about the Pellies and the Yaz. Yeah, five games. Uh, pretty interesting ones, too, I'd say. The Kings are plus five at Philly with the Aaron Fox questionable, so can't bet that line until we know if he's playing. Total at 229. The other game we talk about, Warriors are plus four at Milwaukee, uh, still the, the non-road Warriors. That total's been bet up from 227 to 233 uh, overnight here, so something to watch. Suns are minus six at Houston. Devin Booker's not going to play. In that one, the Celtics minus three and a half at the Lakers after getting held to, I believe, a season low 93. Josh nailed that under there at the Clips last night. Uh, We'll see if their offense bounces back. And then this game, yeah, Pels are minus one and a half. Uh, I thought it would grow to at least minus three. Uh, And the total's at 233. And for me, I mean, even though they've been so explosive on offense, that total's too high because the Pelicans are a great two-way team right now uh even without herb jones like their defense is absolutely incredible uh and the the fact that they it's such a weird schedule for them right now they go they go in phoenix in phoenix now they're in utah in utah and then in phoenix again uh which is really just odd but it, it i mean the way zion trolled them at the end of that game the suns by by throwing down the windmill and then they get their absolute best shot on Sunday and Zion still controls the game and wins. I mean, he's just on an absolute tear right now. Obviously a good reason that they're second in paint points. They now have the best scoring margin in the league. So if, if you want, I mean, top of the West, if you want to call them the best team in the league at, at the moment, um, I mean, considering you, you obviously have to look at the full picture here and with the Celtics on an exhausting road trip uh, with the Bucks still struggling to find their offense at times, I, I, I at least find the Pelicans the most confident team to bet on right now. And to get them at basically a pick them here, minus one and a half, seems like a really confident spot. Uh, Utah, you know, they're so bad at rim protection. It makes me wonder why they don't just play Walker Kessler more and just start him because he's become uh, quickly one of the best rim protectors out there. Um, you know, it, it almost makes you scratch your head and say, you know, maybe – if Danny Ainge was like, we're not tanking, we're going to go all out to win these games. And then somebody pulled him into a room after a couple of weeks. And they're like, all right, Danny, maybe um, maybe we don't want to be in the playoffs, though. Like, let's. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know if that trickles down to the coach and the rotation decisions. But in any case, I mean, Walker might be good against the traditional center. Um, he's not good against the uh, the point god now, Zion, who's the, a, a massive point power forward who's just blowing by dudes um showcasing a mid-range game explosive second leap and 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 just just playing at an incredible they play at an incredible pace when he's out there interestingly they're a little bit better on defense and in the last 10 since he came back the best defensive rating in the nba i credit that more to guys like trey murphy larry nance uh the unsung heroes of course alvarado um who's going to be hounding Jordan Clarkson, you think, tonight. And just, 
after you know limiting Chris Paul and the Suns, um, I mean, still winning a shootout there, but you, when when Clarkson's the most dangerous guy you're looking at on this Utah team, I mean, the, the Pels have a lot of bodies to throw at him. They, it's not a matchup where they need Herb Jones that much because there's no alpha wing for Utah at all. Um, I mean, I guess Lori Markinen's pretty good, but uh, pretty good, but not 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 an alpha. Uh, so I, 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 yeah, I mean, there's not much to it to me other than like bet the Pels, even if it was minus three and a half, I would be all over that. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel good about the Pels. I, I'm a little bit, um, you know, I'm staying away from the total to be honest with you. Although I would lean under, but every time I say that, I look at Utah scoring 120 points a game um, at home, and, and I get a little bit scared of that. I mean, even uh, Utah has been bad in their last 11, like you were saying, and maybe they realized that uh, they that they had a pretty decent squad. Um, maybe they didn't even realize it as we were all picking Jazz unders preseason for their win totals. Um, it's maybe Danny Ainge plays some. I'm just kidding. But like what I'm saying is they probably underestimated how good their team was going to be just as much as that we did or almost as much as we did. Um, when you have a team full of veterans uh, and guys that, you know, have been around and can play their position well, you know, Kelly Olenek, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Markinen, Colin Sexton, Malik Beasley, just and Mike, maybe Mike Conley, they all scream right just the ability to just get their jobs done walker kessler is the only one that's that that's sort of surprised us in that way and he's still only getting the 18 minutes a game so i don't know how much that has to do with him being you know the rook and him uh, being ready according to them something we don't know versus the, the really stellar performances we're seeing um but the thing that scares me about the under especially is just even in that those 11 games uh, they've lost eight of their last 11 three of their last four and even in those 11 games they still have the third best offensive rating they just have the third worst defensive rating which wasn't as bad in their first First, roughly like you know 15 games of the season um and now you know over the last 11 or so it's been just absolutely awful um 25th in points off of turnovers and fast break points in terms of uh, allowing all of those things not what you want uh, against the Pellies who have been ramping up the defense and getting a lot more points off of turnovers. They've always been getting the fast break points, um, but now that they're actually playing defense and turning the ball over a lot more, it's a little bit scary for a team like Utah. I mean, the things that are going to be a problem for Utah, they are dead last in opponents' points in the paint. Pelly's second in points in the paint. Zion himself has the second most points in the paint of any player in the league, averaging about 18.7. Giannis is the only one with more at like 19.2. Uh, so nothing to be you know uh, ashamed of there if you're Zion. Scoring the fifth highest percentage of points off three-point um, are the, the Jazz. I should be clear, this is another problem for the Jazz. The Pellies have been, have been playing incredible three-point defense and, and over the course of the season, allowing the second lowest three-point percentage to their opponents. Um, the Jazz are not getting to the line. The, the Pellies get to the line, as we know, with Zion, and they're like seven more free-throw attempts a game. Fifth fewest percentage of their points off of free-throws for Utah. Pellies are about to – they allow the third fewest free-throw attempts to their opponents. It, it's just not a good matchup for Utah uh, with the, the, the Pellies being, you know, the representation of how Zion plays basketball – pace uh, fast, go at your face and into your chest uh, and score within five feet of the basket uh, often, very often. <laughs> so um, their defense of the last 10 for the Pellies, you know, best defense in the league with 105 defensive rating. They are, like I said, do not allow free throw attempts. They have the second best opponent field goal percentage and 10th best three point percentage that they're allowing in that time as well. They don't, they limit rebounds and they get rebounds. They get points off turnovers. Like I said, they're second in points off turnovers since Zion came back. So um, it's interesting without Zion, you know, they actually allow allow uh, a few more points a game, even though their defensive rating is better. They just play at such a faster pace with Zion, and that's what you want for them, I think. If you're the Pellies, just 
go get it and go and they're going to get a ton of rebounds every time on the defensive end because of Joe Val and uh, and Zion being in there even guys like Brandon Ingram uh, being so tall for their positions Herb Jones being an incredible rebounder for for his position on the wing and then yeah their their uh, dif- their offensive rating is actually a little bit worse with Zion but they're still scoring more points so it's all about pace uh, for them they're playing incredible when they're supposed to they're 10 and 7 as a favorite against the spread uh, but they're still winning those games by an average of like 7.1 points per game uh, and, and as the away team uh, in general on the road as well. They're going over, but they're covering as the away favorite as well. Four and two against the spread as away favorite. 7.2 margin of victory. Eight and three to the over as the away team, which is a reason you'd like it. But like I said, I'm staying away from the total. It's just it's indicative of the pace they play on the road, which is 102.7. Um, super, super fast. That's good for like third in the league. So uh, I think there's there's opportunity for points here, but there's really just an opportunity for the for the Pels to show their their road, uh, you know, the road strengths uh, and really put away a team that cannot match up with them anywhere near the rim at pretty much every position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is interesting trend here that this, the Jazz have gone under in five straight losses and over in three straight wins. So I think there is something there to say if the Jazz lose, it's because they're not able to find that kind of luck box offense, if you will. Uh, that's what I, I, I consider Jordan Clarkson being your go-to guy, is, uh, depending on a luck box. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, so Pell's under 234 in the money line is, is getting you about plus 250. And I definitely don't hate that if the spread is creeping up in any way. Uh, you could still go that route. Yeah, I mean, the Jazz, what do they do well? They, they allow the fewest three-pointers per game, and, and that's just not the Pelicans' game by any means. Uh, what do they yeah. do poorly? They they allow offensive rebounds and points in the paint. And so it's pretty it's pretty simple uh, in terms of, like, they. this is one of the easiest matchups for Zion to feast. That's why uh, Josh is going to touch on him in player, mo- pl- player props as he uh, mops the floor with Kelly Olynyk and Laurie Markkinen. If that's who Utah decides to roll out yeah. against him, um, that's barbecue chicken. Bar- barbecue chicken. I-, I don't know what they're going to do. And, and, yeah, I was you know looking at player props after researching this video, this, this game, and going – all right, well, the whole all the reasons that the the Pels are going to beat the Jazz are because of the way Zion plays basketball. So probably should t- look at Zion, who's been on a tear in the ten games he's been back. Pelly's been the best team in the league since he's been back, and I don't think it's irrational to say what we were saying four games into the season, where we went, "Wait, are the Pelly's a top three team in the West?" Oh yeah, they for sure are when Zion's playing for them with Brandon Ingram for sure. Without Brandon Ingram, they still seem to be uh, like I said nine and one in the league, still playing some pretty decent comp that they're handling, including the, the Suns twice in a row. So seems pretty. For real here and something that we can rely on like i said when they are favorites they're covering and they're winning by you know more than this spread is so i uh, feel pretty good about them handling tonight and this game right now warriors are plus four at milwaukee it's kind of stabilized there but the total has kept climbing at 227 where it opened i was interested in the over and six seven points higher i am now trending towards the under um i'll get into that in a second but i think the first thing you have to do is not just take the cheese and assume, oh, the, the Warriors are an awful team on the road, right? They're 2-11. and 11. They, they, they have all these terrible metrics, and therefore they're going to lose badly at Milwaukee. I, I really caution against that because we just saw what they did against Boston, and that being granted at home, but that being a, a, a championship potential matchup, that being a, 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 a real bellwether for how you're doing early in the season, and the Warriors brought it on both ends of the floor uh, really brought it defensively, which they have at home all season. But uh, they can they can defend this Bucks team as well, uh, especially with Drew Holiday questionable. 
Middleton left their last loss and they scored 92 on the Rockets uh, with an ankle and he's probable, but I don't know how effective he'll be. And look, the last time, few times Giannis has faced the Warriors, Draymond has not been active. Uh, they, they actually missed each other. And so they haven't faced each other in, since January 2020, back when the Warriors sucked. Um, I don't I think Steph was not playing at all. So it was like Draymond going through the motions. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if I trust Giannis to have one of those 35 point outbursts. I mean, maybe he does, but it's all about efficiency in terms of whether that gets you over a really high total uh, 234 for a Bucks team. That's, I mean, scoring more at home, yes, but still averaging out to about 112 a game uh, for a team that's done a really good job on Steph Curry, too. I mean, I don't know how much of that is just him missing makeable shots and he's in God mode right now. But, um, you know, the Warriors are absolutely dependent on him. They, 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 they were able to score 122 the last time they faced Milwaukee because Poole had 30 and Clay had 38. And while Clay's having a bit of a resurgence and Poole does have 20 in five straight, I think you you switch gears here when you talk about how those guys are going to produce against the best defense in the league, right? I mean, over the course of the entire season, they fluctuated. But again, this is a potential NBA Finals matchup. This is where you will get the best out of both teams, where you might even consider a playoff basketball to a degree. Uh, and the Bucks are really good in terms of fourth quarter defense, fifth in points allowed second to last in fourth quarter scoring. So they're, they're, they're used to that grinded out Eastern conference type uh, playoff basketball. And the last thing in support of maybe a little less offense than we're expecting is the Warriors give up the ninth fewest paint points on the road. It's much, actually much better than where they are at home. They do give up the most free throw attempts. Sure. Which is a problem when you're facing Giannis. Uh, but you know he he's going to shoot sixty percent at the line uh, over the court over course of a large sample size. Maybe even worse if it fluctuates one way or the other. So I, I mean, giving up free throws to Giannis, sure. Um, but I, I I still I would feel better about an under two thirty four if that's where this line settles or if that's where you can grab it right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's still a. a- corner to be turned uh for, for this dubs team to a degree but I, I mean the the fact that they were able to come out against the celtics and go like i don't know that's also a matchup thing they've they, they've set the blueprint for how to guard jason tatum um and, and that's been that's been a little bit of a struggle for him over the course of the last three or four games so i think that had a lot to do with it the last time they played on the road, they got a lot of points. It was against the team that we talk about in our other game video and the Jazz, who are just bad uh, on defense right now and are scoring an ass ton of points at home. Um, so that I don't know how indicative that is because of the fact that they're now playing Milwaukee, uh, and Milwaukee is a team that we talk about. Uh, they're giving up a, a three-point percentage that's like 35 and a half, not bad. I mean, pretty, pretty good, not great, but they're also limiting the amount of, of attempts that you have per game uh, as best they can. And, and like we say, they're allowing you, they're allowing the players that um, they, that they want to shoot to shoot, right? Um, and, and that would be obviously the Draymond Greens of the world. But there's going to be shooters on the floor for the Dubs tonight. Um, and, and so, you know, the Jordan Poole sort of somewhat 
resurgence a bit does make you a little bit worried as he's definitely sort of a, a, an X factor when it comes to the amount of points that this team scores. You, you know what you're getting from Steph, especially on the road. You, you started to understand what you're getting from Clay. He's had, uh, you know, some oh, averaging out to, to some nice stats because he's had some really big games and then some duds that, that sort of average out into a decent start this season. Um, but the only thing that worries me about points uh, and going under is if, if you know, uh, the, the Dubs decide to have, um, you know, the, the same level of, of pace and offense that they played with against the Jazz in Utah, um, if if they do, uh, then then it's really just about the, the transition defense for Milwaukee, which is still really good, as we know. I mean, they're just good everywhere that they are. So um, I, I'm definitely not taking uh, an over in this one as much as people might want to, especially with how fishy uh, I feel like we all we all feel like that is right now. Um, but the, the 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 reason also to feel better about the under and not just avoid any kind of over in this situation um, is because of the fact that the Dubs have been have increased that defense, like we were just talking about. Um, to, to a degree that you can feel good about. They've got the eighth best defensive rating uh, in the last 10 games uh, and, and on the road in the last five. I mean, they're, they're better than they were. Uh, they were like 29th and they're, they're down to like 21st in terms of defensive rating on the road, still giving up points. And the way that they win on the road is by scoring more points. Um, that's the only times that they have won when they've beaten the teams that they've beaten, which are the Rockets uh, and the, the Jazz on the road as of late, which is really the only teams. And then the, the Timberwolves where they had that game, we thought maybe they're coming back. But all three teams I just said, Rockets, Timberwolves, Wolves, uh, Jazz don't play defense. Uh, nine, none of those teams play defense or know how to, apparently, um, and, and put much try into it. So I don't, I don't know what that means for tonight for the Dubs' ability to score, but I think if we're going to go with a little bit lower of a total on this game, then I'm feeling better about the Bucks to pull it off because if you're going to play that level of slobber knocker, I don't believe that the, the Dubs can hang uh, in the paint with them. As we know, the the, um, the Bucks are, are scoring a ton of points in the paint uh, as led by Giannis, right? And, and so they're like 12th or so. Uh, and then in terms of a allowing points in the paint um you know they're what third and or fifth in the league so like they're you know they're they're handling things down low in a way that that's what you look at in a game where you don't expect as many uh you know as wide open of a game as much space or as many threes to be going in then you look at where else are they going to score from the dub's not getting to the line enough giving up too many free throw attempts so i think there's some a case to be made for you know an under and, and the bucks essentially yeah, I mean, they have gone under in four of their last six meetings, uh, and one of the overs can be thrown out as uh, Christmas of 2020 with nobody in the stands and the Warriors are getting sucked. Uh, so, I mean, and they had 99 points in that game. And so this is not really about how these teams play home road for me. It's about how they play when they play each other. And the pace mm. really slowed down. It was 95.4 pace the last time the Warriors were able to beat the Dubs, uh, the Bucks, excuse me. Uh, yeah. And again, because Clay and, and Jordan Poole had ridiculous efficiency, the Bucks have good defenders off the bench to deal with Poole. I don't think he'll be going off like that again. And then the previous matchup in Milwaukee, Warriors decided to ramp it up 105 pace and they lost by 19. Giannis had a triple double and was plus 22. So, I mean, you, I look at this much closer in terms of their last three road games um, at Utah, at Mini, were absolute ridiculous shootouts. And and the Warriors are fine playing that type of game with them. Uh, against Dallas, I think, is a much closer representation. But that was also played at, at a much faster pace, 104.5, because they want to tire out Luka, right? You want to get Dallas in transition. They're not yeah. they're they're not as good in the in an up-and-down game. You don't want to do that against the Bucs. So even though that game almost got to 230, Dallas was able to Limit the Warriors from three, but like you said, the Bucks do that very well as well. Chase you off the line this year. Um, and if the pace is slower, like I'm expecting it to be, because I do expect that kind of playoff atmosphere down the stretch, 
then I, I think, you know, I feel pretty comfortable about it being in that same range or lower. Um, and that's what I feel more comfortable about because I don't know if you can just blow out the Warriors uh, <clears throat> when when they are really geared up to play on the road. And I also don't right. trust them to cover on the road because they've just been awful this season for the most part. Although sliding, slightly turning a corner, at least their last two losses were only by a total of four points. Yeah, which makes you feel better because they actually competed in those. Um, it's interesting. I just said that I would prefer Milwaukee and the under, and you were like, yeah, but actually the last bunch of times they played, when they play slower, the dubs do better, and when they play faster, the bucks do better. Um, so I don't know. I, either way, under. I would still feel <laughs> – what's that? But they all went under, so. But they all went under, and that's the key. So let's not worry about who's pulling out the win in this one, to your point, um, which is the point we've been making most of the time anyway, which is go under the 234 and feel a lot better about that. These games have not been reaching that total nearly as much, and you even mentioned that faster pace against um, the Mavs that they were running, which way faster than we expected, especially in Dallas, uh, and still, you know, that game only got to 229 compared to this 237 total, so I think we feel pretty good about going under as it's gotten inflated so much. So You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Uh, so, Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, nothing to get you on track uh, better than Joel Embiid when he's playing at MVV form and when the Sixers are really making a concerted effort to get Harden and Embiid working together. Uh, I mean, I guess you hear from the media and maybe they hear to a degree like there's way too much my turn, your turn. They're not involving each other. And sometimes Harden is deciding to try to get his offense instead of feeding maybe the most unstoppable player. And that led to a double overtime loss against Houston in Harden's return. And and now since then, 28 assists for James Harden, um, feeding Embiid at a ridiculous clip. Most of his 16 assists in Embiid's 53-point outburst uh, going to the big man. And so in his last four now, Embiid averaging 41 points, 10.5 rebounds, 38% usage. Even the one game, I mean, he had some astronomical usage rates in the other two, but the one game he had only 28% against LA, 38 points on possibly the defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis. And now he faced Sacramento, DeMontis Sabonis, uh, you know, definitely not the greatest defender. Sacks allowed the most paint points in their last three, six most on the season, just gave up 58 paint points and 27 free throws to the Knicks. Um, and actually allowing seven more paint points on the road versus at home. Uh, also allowing a ton of rebounds on the road, the most in the last three. And and they're on a road front end of a road back to back here. Um, so I actually almost like 10 and a half rebounds for Embiid more, which is plus money at FanDuel. Uh, 31 and a half points is fine, but combine it with the rebounds at, at the same odds, 41 and a half, just tack on 10 rebounds. And if I'm saying he's getting 10 rebounds, Double-double, 
in a win plus 145 good odds there um and if De'Aaron Fox doesn't play I almost guarantee you the Sixers are going to win this game yeah oh it's funny the Sacramento has their DPOG award that they're giving out (laughs) defensive player of the game to try to uh, you know get Mike Brown is trying to incentivize these guys to play defense with a uh, defensive player of the game chain uh that you win now (laughs) when you play well uh they're really excited because they moved up from like 23rd in defensive rating this season to 16th or 17th in their last like 10 uh this is a franchise that hasn't been in the top 10 in defensive rating and I don't know how long so um kudos to them for playing better than they've played not the matchup for them though in this one as you said I I prefer the for juice i prefer the double double in the win over the the rebound straight up just because i I think the points are are something you always want to tack on with joel um but i have no problem with the points and rebounds combined i'm I'm probably looking at like points and the double double in the win for him uh feeling pretty good about those things especially especially if d fox doesn't play where that might actually go down if d fox gets ruled out you might get worse odds on that so probably better to hit the double double in the win if you want that juice uh pretty early uh i'm gonna go with an under here on the actual point god uh as he is nicknamed chris paul and it it's just, I mean, no one likes to go under on Chris Paul stuff, but he's getting up in age. It's 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, minus 110 there on FanDuel. Um, it's just it's just the usage for, for CP3 this year, right? Like the 15.9% usage rate um, in the 13 games that he's played this season, shooting, you know, his field goal attempts at like less than eight a game, per th- even per 36. I think it's like 10 per game per 36 at this point, but it's definitely less than eight uh, in the amount of minutes that he's playing, roughly 30 a game or so. Um, and, and since he's come back and even in just looking at all 13 games really don't even need to worry about the three he's since he's been back he's averaging 10 9.9 points a game 8.9 boards four uh 8.9 assists rather four assists um uh, four boards i'm sorry 10 10 points, nine assists, four rebounds a game, 30 minutes. That's under the 27 and a half. Um, like I said, just the 8.2 field goal attempts a game for him. Hasn't really done much against Houston when he's played them since leaving their team, uh, especially as part of the Suns. 12, 9, and 3. So 12 board, uh, twelve points, nine assists, three boards in 30 minutes. All pretty much what he's been doing this season is what he does against the Rockets uh, since he's been you know not on their team and playing them. He's only surpassed the total of this 20, you know, 28 points, rebounds, and assists uh, six once in the six times he's played them. Um, he's only surpassed it three times in the 13 games he's played this season and that usage isn't changing with or without Booker you know I mean they, they missed him last game against the Pellies obviously uh, but that didn't really up CP3's usage rate he's still not putting the ball up that much uh, and he's diming decently but he does get more dimes when Devin Booker is in unsurprisingly uh, and Book's not playing so I, I think there's some good feeling that he's going to go under the 28 points rebounds and assists tonight yeah this is strangely only his sixth road game of the season I guess and he has gone under in five of the previous ones there uh, got injured in one of those. But I'm a little concerned just because the Suns are on a four-game skid here and they really need to get back on track and they don't have Devin Booker and who's going to get their offense going uh, with campaign struggling with his efficiency. I think it might be CP. Uh, if you want to sit on the sidelines and then jump on an under in the, in their next matchup at the Clippers on Friday, um or Thursday, I believe, then uh, I'm all, all aboard of that. I, I I don't think that it's a terrible pick by any means. I, I just, I'm, I'm a little, I think he fluctuates so wildly uh, when he's going to try to shoot and when he's not. And this is a matchup where I'm going on the other side, Jalen Green, who's not really going to play a lick of defense. Um, and 21 and a half points is pretty low for a guy with a 32% usage rate in his last five. That's only led to 23 points per game. 
because uh, he's not efficient at all. But I mean, this is like when we used to talk about Terry Regier is like, is there a is there a button to click for field goal attempts? Because um, Green's <laughs> going to get there. Um, I mean, he has rough splits on the road, but at home. 51% from the field, 38% from three. That's good for 25 points per game versus 19 on the road. He just had 30 in Phoenix because he got to the line 16 times. Also had five turnovers uh, and followed that up with seven turnovers at home in double overtime against the Sixers. So I like the points. And the closest thing I have to his absurd usage is over on two and a half turnovers, minus 130. He's going to have Mikel Bridges all over him at times here. Uh, and I, I think the Suns, like I said, four game losing streak, they're going to try to get right here. That means shutting down the Rockets main guy here, or at least forcing him into some bad plays that allow them to get going the other way uh, and get this win that they need so badly. Yeah, I, I feel all of that. Um, you know, I love combining the points and the turnovers for Jalen. I think it makes total sense. And I don't think anybody would really argue with you that it's it's still a pretty solid uh, little same game parlay there. So, um, yeah, it, it's a weird time right now in Phoenix. So I don't know what to expect when they're even playing a team as bad as the Rockets. It's also a weird time in Houston as they just beat Milwaukee and have beaten like four teams this year who are with, with strong championship or playoff aspirations. So um, who knows what's going to happen? But I think you can rely on, on Jalen Green to continue to get shots up like you said. Said, have the ball in his hands and turn it over um, as the young man is still want to do this season. So uh, I'm going to finish things off here with Zion. I, we, we sort of strongly alluded to that in the video that we have about the Pellies uh, tonight and uh, taking on the Yaz. Um, it's just a bad matchup for the Jazz and a great matchup for Zion, who scores you know the the um, the second most points in the paint in the league uh, per game this season, which is exactly where Utah struggles, dead last in allowing opponents points in the paint. I don't really need to read much more than that, I don't think. But I mean, when you have Kelly Olynyk. Um, um, and Larry Markinen as your main, uh, you know, uh, interior stoppers on defense, you're probably going to be dead last uh, in, in that category. Uh, in, in the last four matchups versus the Jazz, which included the likes of one Rudy Gobert being in the game, he still averaged 28 points, six boards in that time frame. Um, so I, I'm looking at the the points and rebounds for Zion, which uh, combined, I believe, 34 and a half tonight. Still not scared of that, as you know, he, he's able to uh, put up the, uh, the the required amount of, of rebounds, especially since he's been back in these last. Last 10, which I really liked what I've seen from him in that time, 27 points, eight boards in that time frame. Also has about four and a half assists, something he does a lot when uh, CJ and, and Brandon Ingram are both out, but I believe CJ uh, McCollum will be back tonight for them and playing. So, you know, I'm not really feeling quite as confident about the the assists. He would need about five more to get over the total of 35 and a half. Well, four more to get over the 35 and a half uh, points and rebounds. If you add the assists, I'm just keeping the rebounds there as I think he's going to have a chance for a ton of second chance points um, and just dominating that paint down low as, as the jazz are just, you know, turnstiles down there. Yeah. I mean, that's key. The jazz also giving up the second most offensive rebounds per game and that will help him get a double double, which surprisingly doesn't hit that often with Zion is why you're getting actually plus two forty five at DraftKings for him to just have a double double win or lose. Um, but he's done that in two of his last three roadies here against the Spurs, another team that is terrible uh, guarding the paint and has some slow bigs down there. So I think you see kind of a parallel there where I like the points and rebounds. I like him to get a double double and probably get a win, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shout out Jacob uh, Jakob Pertle on the Spurs. Come back soon. We miss you playing out there. That is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We are tweeting out the props right now as well, so hoping to get those units up for you guys. And until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>